I love what the last line of that song says. Matthew, can you put that back up there for just a second? And normally I don't, I'm not going to preach from a song, I promise. But if you read those words, this robe of flesh I'll drop and rise to cease the everlasting prize and shout while passing through the air, farewell, farewell, sweet hour of prayer. You know what that's talking about right there? That's talking about when death comes to get us and we can say bye to prayer. But right now prayer is such an important thing, isn't it? I believe we need to be praying right now. If, in fact, I, I'll say this, and, 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 and just to be truthful, if you haven't prayed today yet on your own, shame on you. Shame on you. I'm not trying to make you feel bad this morning. I'm just saying if there's ever a time we needed to pray, it's right now. Let's turn our Bibles to Daniel chapter number 6. Daniel chapter number 6, and we're going to read the first 11 verses and this is, in fact, the story of Daniel and the lion's den, but we're not going to get that far down. Uh, this, is, this is what got Daniel in the lion's den. And I believe it's something that, that we need to, to be reading now more than ever. Daniel chapter 6, verse number 1. If you'd stand to read the honor the reading of God's Word. If you're there, please say amen. The Bible says this. He says, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom and hundred and twenty princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give account unto them, and the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to send him over the whole realm. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion nor fault. For as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Then said these men, We shall not find any occasion against this Daniel except we find it against him concerning the law of his God." Then these presidents and princes assembled together to the king and said, Thus to him, King Darius, live forever. All the, the presidents of the kingdom, the governors and the princes, the counselors, the captains, have consulted together to make a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for thirty days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions." Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing that it might not be changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Wherefore, King Darius signed the writing and the decree. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house. And his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed. And gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. And God, I thank you for the good spirit here this morning. Lord, I thank you for the wonderful songs and all that's been done. God, I just pray that it would glorify you. And Lord, as we go into the reading of your word, God, into the preaching, I just pray that you would... Lord, continue to have your way in this. God, I just pray that this morning that we could learn from Daniel, God, and that he could be an example for us to learn from. 
Lord, I always pray that you would be with me. God, use me as your vessel because I cannot do the preaching, but the Holy Spirit must do the preaching. God, give me clarity of mind and clarity of speech. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I would say that I've known this story longer than about any story in the Bible, hadn't you? Everybody knows this story, or at least I say everybody, most people do, that if you know anything about a Bible, you know who Daniel is. And Daniel, you know, we, we know a little bit about him. We know that, that he uh, defied the king and he only ate pulse in, in Daniel chapter 1. And then the other thing we know about Daniel is the lion's den. Actually, if you read the book of Daniel in its entirety, and I would challenge you to do that, it's not very long, maybe just 12 chapters, it's actually a great book of prophecy. Daniel is, is going to tell us, and, and we're not going to read it today, but he tells us about things that are actually going to happen in the future. And I believe that the way that Daniel had these things revealed to him is because of the, the relationship that, that Daniel had with God. See, did you know that God wants to speak to you today? Did you know, I, I, and I'm not saying that God's going to reveal these things to you. I'll just stop for a second, and, and there's a lot of guys in the world that say they've received all these prophecies from God and received all these, these words, and that, that if you'll just do this and that, that they'll come true for you. I, I want to say a lot of that's hogwash. Would you all know what hogwash is? Is that a familiar word here? It's just not true. But God spoke to Daniel in so many ways. And we see when we open this scripture, it begins to tell about a man named Darius. And he was, he was actually the king of Babylon. And he was the king, he was actually a wicked king. He was a man that didn't know God. He was a man that served pagan gods. And so he went to set over his kingdom uh, 120 princes. And it says above those three presidents. And we read there, and I won't read it again, that Daniel was preferred above the other guys. That Daniel was, was the guy that he was going to set second in command over the entire kingdom. And do you see why that was? It says in verse 3, because an excellent spirit was in him. Because an excellent spirit was in him. And I believe what you can interpret that to him, what you could say right there, is that God had his hand upon Daniel and Daniel was blessed by God. Would you say amen right there? Is everybody awake this morning? Is everybody, do we need to get up and do some exercises to get everybody awake? And I know it's warm in here. We're, we're all going to get put to sleep, okay? But just bear with me for just a little while. But we see that Daniel had an absolutely excellent spirit within him and I believe as Christians you know when Darius looked at him remember Darius was a wicked man and all he had to do was just look at Daniel and just had to talk with Daniel for just a little while and he said you know what there is something different about this man named Daniel he's not the same as the guys that I have he's not the same as all these other princes and these presidents he's different and it was because that God had blessed him you have to remember this I'm going to give you the background really quick and, and try not to spend too long on this but Daniel has been in captivity for something like 60 years at this point that Daniel was captured as a young man probably 10 or 11 years old 10 or 12 years old and he was taken to a foreign land he was taken away from his family he he was taken away and he was carried off and he was put into Babylon. And he's been surrounded by these things all his life. And yet, he still had that relationship with God 60 years later. Now, could you imagine this? Just, just put yourself in Daniel's shoes. How many of you in here grew up in church? 
A lot of you did, right? A lot of you, if, if, like me, when I was a kid, you know what the old adage is, I had a drug problem. My parents drugged me to church. Been in church all my life. And I couldn't have imagined what it would have been like at 11, 10 or 11 years old for somebody to come in and take me from my parents and take me off to this foreign land and, and take me away from the things I knew. Could you imagine 60 years after that happened to you, what kind of relationship would you have with God at that point? Would it still be there? But I believe there's something to Daniel. I believe there's a reason that Daniel had that relationship. And we see this plot against Daniel. And, and I like what verse 5 says, or verse 4. It says that they sought to find occasion against Daniel, but they could find none occasion nor fault. They said, you can't ask anything of anybody except Darius. Now they had made a mistake. You know what they had done? These princes... And these presidents, they had actually broken one of the Ten Commandments. You know what one of the Ten Commandments is? Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And these men had created this law, and it was an illegal law in the sight of God. And they had had Darius to sign it, and he signed it foolishly. And this put Daniel in a position that he was in danger. And so the, the, the text today is verses 10 and 11. And I'm going to read these again, and then we're going to preach on prayer. Is that okay? Because we need prayer right now. Now when Daniel knew that this writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed, and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Then these men assembled, that's the princes and the presidents and all the counselors, and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. Daniel was a man that, that did not care what the king had signed. He was going to pray. How many of you, and don't raise your hand on this, I just, I, when I preach I ask a lot of questions. Y'all notice that, Right? And this is not for a lot of times for me to find out information. It's, it's just so that you can get honest with God. But I would say it would be, we'd be really hard-pressed today to find people that pray three times a day. Everybody's quiet. Y'all notice that? If, maybe if we had a body, we could have a funeral today. I don't, I don't know, but... Just honestly, I, I'm just being honest with you. I'm being real because we're at a point right now... I'm not talking about our country. I'm talking about the church, okay? We're at a point right now that if we don't pray, we may not be able to pray much longer. I'm just being, I'm being real with you, okay? Now, we, we, it's, it's time to just set everything else aside and, and, and don't, we're not going to put on a facade this morning and try to put on a show. I'm just being honest with you that we need some people to pray right now. Right now, it, it, it is actually, it, it's not just a suggestion that we pray this morning. It is imperative that we pray. Because I, I tell you, just, just in the church world, like I said, I grew up in church. I've been around this thing my whole life. And, and I've, I see things that really disturb me a lot of times. And I think it's simply because people don't have that relationship with God. Daniel had that relationship with God. Why? Because he prayed. And he prayed, and guess what he did? He prayed some more. And it said he made supplication before God. Not only did he pray, but he made supplication. He made request to God. Martin Luther, the, the great Protestant 
said, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. If you, if you say you're a Christian this morning, that prayer should be as natural to you as breathing is as in your everyday life. That it should be something that we don't have to struggle with. And so just very quickly, and, and I won't preach a, a long time today. I say that and I preach an hour and a half, right? No, I'm sorry about that. I shouldn't have even said that. But, but I'm going to tell you how we need to be praying. The first thing we need to do is we need to pray persistently. A lot of times what we do is if we're not careful is we only pray when we think there's an emergency, right? Have you ever prayed during an emergency? You ought to. Did you know that? I'm, I'm, by no means am I, am I discouraging you from praying when something bad happens. If your husband is having a heart attack, don't think for a minute. The preacher said, well, we ought not pray right now if we're not praying all the time. That's not what I'm saying. We need to be praying, but we need to be prepared and be praying before that even happens. You see that, that Daniel, how, how many times a day was he praying? Three times a day, right? At least three times a day. So we're, we're on record here. We're, we have a record that Daniel prayed three times a day. Now, three times seven, uh, bear with me, I'm, I'm not the greatest at math, but I think that's 21. So he prayed at least 21 times a week, right? And he prayed, if there's four months in a, four weeks in a month, then that means he prayed, what is that, 84 times in a month. And I'm not even going to get into what 84 times 12 is, okay? Sorry about that. I'm sorry about your luck. But understand that Daniel had, had a relationship with God that, that I think almost that God probably expected Daniel to be praying. I'm going to tell you all something funny. Y'all, y'all may think this is kind of hilarious, but... I get my hair cut twice a month. Can, you know, you notice that probably, right? Like, I keep short hair all the time. And, and I'm, I'm at my barber shop every other Friday morning at 8 a.m. I'm sitting in the parking lot. And I'm, I'm actually waiting on my barber to get there. And when my barber gets there at 8 o'clock on every other Friday morning and I'm not there, he worries about me. I showed up at noon one day, and, and I'm not trying to throw off on Lacey, but Lacey had made me late for some reason that day. And uh, my hair was getting out of control, you know. It was, it was, it was an eighth of an inch long on the sides. And I, I showed up at noon, and I walked in the barber shop, and he just, he, when I walked in, he looked at me real funny. And I said, is something wrong? Is, is, do, do I, is something bad? He said, no. He said, you were not here. And he said, you're here like clockwork. He said, I could set my watch to the, the, to the fact that you're here every other Friday morning at 8 o'clock. And you think, well, why is that important? But Because I think that, that just as getting my hair cut is important to me, I think prayer, we should be that punctual about it. That we should have a standing appointment to pray. Tanner, say amen right there. Tanner knows what I'm talking about. Some of y'all are not with me this morning. But I'm telling you the truth, that, that, that you should have it on your schedule every single day that you should be praying all the time. And I think that we've just pushed prayer back so much and we pushed it to the side so much that we only just, it, it's, it's like something you only get out when it's just an emergency. And you think, well, I don't want to pray too much. You know, I'll, I'll wear God out. And, and, and God doesn't want to hear from me. God wants to hear from you. I promise you that God wants to hear what's going on in your life. Amen? God wants, God wants to know what's going on. He already knows, but He wants you to tell Him. So I believe that we should be persistent when we pray. 
that we should pray all the time. If you think you're praying too much, you're wrong. You can't pray enough. I believe that you should have just a, almost a standing uh, prayer with God, just almost like a dialogue throughout the day that you can just commune with God. It doesn't have to be that you have to come to an altar and get down on your knees and put your hands like this to pray. That you can be anywhere doing anything and speak to the God of heaven. What an honor that is. What an honor that is. We should be persistent. But another thing that we should do is, is I think that we should be purposeful when we pray. You know, when we do pray, a lot of times we just, we, we almost have a, a recorded prayer. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all, have you ever asked somebody to pray over a meal and it almost just sounds like they get a tape recorder out of their pocket and hit play and just play it and then put it back up and the next time you ask them to pray they just do the same thing? Anybody besides me ever notice that? It's kind of funny, isn't it? Barrett, when I ask him to pray, I have him pray over our meals and I'll, we'll sit down and I'll have to get the food out of his mouth. He's already stuffed in there, you know, when we were trying to get the plates ready. And I'll say, Barrett, it's time to pray for us. And some of you have heard it. And, and he'll, he'll put his little hands up and he'll say, Dear God, thank you for the food. Amen. That's enough to me, all right? The, 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 he's a, it's an innocent little heart. He's asked God. He said, Thank you for the food. Let's eat. But he says the same thing over and over again. Because he's a toddler, right? We expect that out of him. But listen, as adults, I think that it should be more than just mealtime prayers. I think that it should be more than, than when we lay down or when we kneel down next to our bed and we say the same things. You know, I pray for my wife, I pray for my kids, I pray for my parents, and amen, let's go to bed. I think that, that we should be praying purposely for more than that. Our prayers should have a point to them. You know what I like to do when I pray, and, and you can try this. If you don't like it, that's fine. But when, when I pray for the church, I like to sit down and write people's names down to pray for them. And you think, well, why do you do that? Because, because that means there's a purpose to it, that I am thinking about that person when I write their name down. And that's how I pray for almost just about everybody in this church. I can look over this crowd and say, and in all honesty, I'm, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, don't get me wrong, but I have prayed for you by name this week. It's not just a blanket, you know. I don't want to just, you know, go to my office or come in here to pray or go to the prayer room and just kneel down and say, God, help the church and then go on with my life. I do that too sometimes, don't get me wrong. But I want you to understand that... that when we pray, and I hope you do the same thing for me. Hey, as a pastor, I, I, I implore you, please pray for me. Please pray for me. I need prayers. But you know, this week, Sister Helen, I wrote your name down. I wrote it down. I wrote Helen Burgess down, and I thought about you. And I wrote Joanna. I wrote your name down. Sister Roberta, I pray for you. All right, I do, because I care about people. I, I, and I, my prayer list, sometimes they're three or four pages long. But I pray with purpose because I believe that God will honor those prayers. I pray for lost people. You know how I do it? By name. If I know somebody's lost, if you're lost here this morning, I may have very well written your name down. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. I'm just telling you that, that I try to pray with purpose. If there's ever a time that we need to pray with purpose, I believe it's right now. People need God more than ever. We, we need the Lord. I believe, we've, we've always needed God, but we need to turn back to God at this point. And I believe that the only way that we're going to turn this thing around is to pray. 
You know, I, I, I like having events. Don't get me wrong, I'm not putting those things down. And, and you can bring people in. But I think the way that people are going are, are gonna to show up in this church is if we pray. The way that, that sinners are going to get convicted is when we pray that the Holy Spirit would deal with them. We need to pray with purpose. I think Daniel prayed with purpose, don't you? I probably think that he prayed with purpose. You know, Daniel, as I said, he had been here for 60 years. Approximately 60 years in Babylonian captivity. If I would have been Daniel, I, I'll tell you how I would have been praying. Okay, this 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 is just right off the top of my head. Before da before the King Darius, there was a king named Nebuchadnezzar. Y'all remember Nebuchadnezzar, right? Everybody familiar with him? This would probably have been my prayer. Lord, please take Nebuchadnezzar and Darius out of the picture so that I can go back home. Is that how you would have prayed? Honestly, was is that how you would have prayed? <laughs> That's how I would have been praying. But I believe that that Daniel prayed for these people. And I believe that Daniel prayed for his brothers that were in captivity with him. I believe that Daniel prayed for his folks back home. Because you know why? I believe that because it says he was making supplications. Supplication is, is, is asking God for something specifically. It, it's, supplication is, is, can, is like going on behalf of somebody else. That is supplicating for somebody when I pray for you by name, I'm, I'm actually in a, in a supplication. I'm in an intercessory prayer praying for you. And Daniel was doing the very same thing. And this is just speculation. I'm just sort of reading between the lines here. But I would say that when Daniel went into his prayer closet and he prayed that day and those guys caught him, he might have been praying for the very guys that wrote the law that made what he was doing illegal. Daniel was a serious man. It says that this, he said that when the men assembled... He said they, they found him praying and making supplication, but he did this as he did aforetime. This was not anything new for Daniel. Daniel did not just wake up one day and say, hey, we need to pray. It is something that he did all the time. And then lastly, and, and this, is, this is probably the, the one that, that we need the most, we need some powerful prayer. And you say, well, what is, a, what is a powerful prayer? How do you pray powerfully? Being in church all my life and, and being a preacher for the last eight years, and I've been to a lot of churches and I've heard a lot of different people pray. And one thing that I, I used to love to hear, and, and I don't know if she's even in here or not, I don't see her. Is, is Dreama in here? No, is she? Okay, maybe she don't hear this because it will embarrass her. But, but her grandpa, David Lee England, he's a preacher over in Sparta. And that guy right there, his voice, he wouldn't need this microphone in this room. I mean, that guy's voice is like this big. And he would get up and, and he would stand up and they'd say, Brother David, and y'all are going to think this is funny, but they would say, Brother David, will you, will you pray to end this service? And I would be like, yes, I get to hear this guy pray. And he would get up and he would straighten his coat and he would say, Dear God. And then he would, he would pray. And he had this huge, just announcer voice. And I thought, that has got to be what powerful prayer sounds like. 
That has got to be, surely that is how you get in touch with heaven because you, you, you use this big voice and, and you say these religious things. But I found out more and more, and don't get me wrong, that guy is in touch with God. That guy has a relationship with God. But I have found out that even though I don't have the voice for that, and, and you may not either, that we can still pray powerful prayers. We don't have to, to be fancy just yesterday, uh, I was talking to a guy, and I know I'm giving you a lot of illustrations, but, but it was about prayer. It was actually at Charles's, uh, Charles Bright's funeral. One of the funeral guys walked up to me, and, uh, and we were talking, and I don't know how we got off on the subject, but he said, you ever heard anybody pray in, in King James and, and these and thous? I said, yeah. And he said, he said uh, that's powerful prayer, isn't it? I said, yes, brother, it is. And I just kind of walked away and, and, and laughed at it. But, you know, people have different definitions of how, how do you pray powerfully. If I just ask you, and I, said, and I pulled you up here and I said, how, how do we really get in touch with God? What do we do so that God can hear us and so that God will answer our prayers? Is there some kind of special formula? Is there, is there somebody in the Bible that had it all figured out and you just do this, this, and this, and then your prayer will be powerful? No, I don't think there's any specific formula, but I think there are some things that we can do to help our prayer life be powerful number one is this and I believe it is very important when you want a prayer answered or when you need a prayer answered and we need some prayers answered I believe that you need to be clean and that you need to be in a righteous position oh me don't talk about holiness you see this then verse number 4, I'm going to read it again. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they could find none occasion nor fault for as much as what? He was faithful. Neither was there any error or fault found in him. Does this mean that Daniel was perfect and he didn't sin? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I, I believe that, that every man that is born of a woman, except for Jesus Christ himself, is a fallen human being. Amen? But I believe that Daniel made it a point to live a holy life. I believe that Daniel made it a point that when evil showed up, that he would go the other way. And that when things were going, you know, people were coming in and, and they were telling dirty jokes or whatever it was, Daniel said, hey, I'm not going to have any part in this. And he lived a holy life. I think, I think that a lot of times that, that it would be a powerful prayer if we spent about the first half of it repenting of our sins. You know, as the pastor, I make mistakes. I'm not, I'm not better than anybody else in here. My wife ought to just jump and say amen right now. I'm, I make mistakes, right, sweetheart? Yeah, she's like, well, I hadn't noticed any lately, but I guess. Appreciate that, sweetheart. But sometimes when I pray, and, and as the pastor, this is just, this is, I guess, just my opinion. I, I need to be in touch with God. Wouldn't you say that? Because I've got a, I've got a responsibility to this church to be in touch with God. But there's sometimes that I go and I start to pray, and I, and I think, man, something's just not working here. Uh, it feels like maybe that my prayer don't get past the ceiling sometimes. you ever feel like that? And I have found more often than not that the reason that is is because I've got something in me 
that doesn't need to be there. And when you get in that position, if you feel like that you're not getting in touch with God, if you feel like your prayer is not powerful, this, in my opinion, is what you need to do. You need to start out and say, God, please identify in me the sin that I have. That is the first thing that you need to pray. God, show me my sin. And I believe if we do that and, and, and we ask God, I believe He'll show us our sin. And I'll say this, it's not comfortable when God shows you your sin. Amen? It don't feel good when God shows you what's wrong with you. But then the wonderful thing about it is, is when God shows you, He'll forgive you if you just ask Him. If you say, God, now that I know that sin is in my life, Lord, please forgive me and do it in a sincere heart. Daniel had his faults. Daniel, Daniel had probably thoughts he didn't need to have or he might have said things he didn't need to say, but it says that they couldn't find them. And I believe that the key, if you want to unlock powerful prayer, is that you are right with God. You be prepared and you be pure and you have your heart right with God. We need prayer. I need prayer. This church needs prayer. Our nation needs prayer. Amen. You know, I, 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 don't talk like, I don't talk politics from the pulpit, but I will say this, that, that all this that's going on, no matter which side of the, 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 the aisle you're on or whatever, I don't think God's happy with any of it. Because God is not the author of confusion. Amen? And we need prayer. You know who we need to pray for? We need to pray for folks in Washington, D.C., whether we like them or not. We need to pray for our, our governor in Tennessee, Bill Lee. We need to be praying for Ricky Shelton and... Uh, uh, what's the county mayor's name? Somebody. Yeah, y'all, y'all, some of y'all know him. Uh, I'm from White County, so forgive me. We need to pray for him, but we need to pray for our leaders in the church. Wouldn't you agree to that? We need to pray, pray for me, pray for Caleb, pray for Mike and Charlie, pray for your Sunday school teacher. You know, I, I think about the older folks. They got Randall in here. Pray for Randall. If you're young, pray for Rick or pray for George or whoever your Sunday school teacher is. We need prayer right now worse than we ever have. I believe that, that our faith is under attack. And we need to be praying. We need to be in touch with God. But we shouldn't have just started today. But I will say this, that if you don't normally pray, you know when the best day to start praying is? Today. Pray now. Now I'm going to give you an opportunity. And, and we've still got a few minutes. And, and I'm not going to preach a whole lot longer. But, but, and, and normally I don't do this. But I'm going to ask you, if, if you think your prayer life needs improvement, be honest. And, and why don't you come pray? We've got, we've got about 45 feet up here on these steps, okay? That's, that's just an estimate. Don't anybody get a tape measure out on me. People can separate. We can sit on the front pews. We can do whatever. But, but you know what I want you to do this morning? I want you to pray. Please pray. I normally, I, I'm not, I, I hate doing this. All right? I'm not trying to guilt trip you into praying. But I'm just telling you that if you want to see anything different than what it is right now, we're going to have to pray. Let's bow our heads right now and let's pray corporately. And, and uh, Sister Lauren's going to come to the piano, just Sister Lauren, and she's going to play for us. And uh, she, well, let's play a sweet hour of prayer. Why don't we do that? And, and I'm going to pray. And I'm going to give you the opportunity to come, not, not to pray about anything I've said other than the fact that we need God right now. Lord, we love you. 
And God, I thank you for this opportunity to be in your house. And God, I thank you for these people that have gathered here. And Lord, I don't know what needs they brought with them this morning. God, I don't know what what they're carrying with them. But I know that, that any need that they may have can be solved one way. And that's by praying. And that's by asking you to help them. And Lord, what a powerful tool that we have. God, what a powerful means to have our needs met by just simply asking the God of the universe that we can go into the throne room of heaven this morning because Jesus is sitting at your right hand and the Holy Spirit will go and He'll pray for us. God, I personally, I ask you this morning, please forgive us for not praying as we should. Just as Job prayed for his children, Lord, I pray for this church. Lord, forgive us for not praying like we should. Lord, if we've ever, during a service, just relegated prayer to just a, a couple of minutes just because we needed to pray, just because it needed to take up a time slot, God, forgive us for that, Lord, and help us to pray persistently. God, help us to pray purposely and powerfully, God. And Lord, I pray this morning that maybe you would would challenge some people that need to make prayer the first thing of their day. And God, they need to have that appointment. And and Lord, that, that, that you're expecting them in your throne room to pour themselves out to you. And I pray that people right now are having their hearts dealt with, not because of anything I've said, but because of the example that Daniel left us and so many others, the Apostle Paul and and Lord, anybody that had any success in the Word of God, it came because of prayer. Lord, I trust that you're going to do your work this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.